Hello, wizards and wizettes. Hello, internet. Welcome to the GG Podcast, episode 18. It's crunch time. It is crunch time, or or the lack of crunch time. I well, think. it's kind of crunch time, because it's a lot later than we normally record this podcast, so we got to get this thing in. It is It is a little late tonight, yeah. Apologies. Some uh, some baseball practice and such. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not going to say that it's a short podcast, because every time I say that, it jinxes it, and it's over an hour. I'm pretty sure the three longest podcasts we had started with, this will be just a real quick short one. Yeah. Uh, introductions. We, we forgot to do those. Uh, the beautiful voice that you hear over there is Jason. Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, I'm not tired, which is a good thing. I've been tired all week, but I'm finally uh, awake and ready to do this thing. So that's good. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, I am Brian and I am very tired and also still ready to do this thing. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Brian, I know you're tired, so let's get right into it. What did you play this week? I played actually a decent amount this week. Uh, I'm working on Overwatch because we got this tournament coming up in just a few weeks now, and I am horrible. Oh my god, am I horrible. Um, the the season ended for the, the competitive season, and there's like this little period where the competitive season ends and all of the people that just play competitive hop into like your standard quick play matches and just destroy me, man. It is horrible. Yeah, Have I always yeah. been this bad? No. The scary part is you're the better one of all of us. Brant, Brant probably has us, as long as we can put him on his Ferris Smurf. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, it's been brutal. Um, Fun. Still some fun games, but it's been rough. And I think, actually, what's making it a little bit more imbalanced feeling is that they, uh, they did that permanent price drop a couple months back so you still have all these people that actually are legitimate low-level players in there and then you'll have people that have been playing for a couple thousand hours over the past three years that are you know on a team opposite me and my level seven teammates sure uh it's it's rough well brant disagrees he still thinks that you're the best player on our team he, th- he thinks his oh, ferris smurf is uh is not acceptable any longer apparently it's because we have him on orissa all the time instead of Farah. <clears throat> yeah exactly what else um, have you played this week, short of Overwatch? Been playing a decent amount of that. Been playing a decent amount of Satisfactory. Um, got my factory buzzing right now, man. Uh, got coal power in there. I uh, I spent way too much time just and money. randomly rearranging stuff. Uh, so taking existing factory structure and putting it inside a building for really no reason. Um, I'd like to say that it increased my efficiency a little bit because I upgraded all of my conveyors to a higher conveyor belt level but it it really did nothing like getting my stupid iron plates there a little bit faster doesn't really do much but you know what i'm more satisfied by it which is a big part of satisfactory uh, uh would make sense it's in the name have you picked it up at all yet i refuse to i i've called it satisfactory who did you call it to because you, you didn't say that no, no you did. just came up with that right now didn't you no i've i've been calling it as many different names as i can think of to brant uh, as possible, because he's been playing it for like 40 hours straight. Yeah, he so, loves it. So I, I called it Satisfactory. I called it Satisfactory. I've called it uh, a lot of different things. You know, if, but, I, uh, if I'm able to convert one person over to it, which apparently I have in Brandt, uh, then I consider myself to have been successful. So uh, I don't need you to play it. That's fair. And I, I would say you've done a satisfactory job converting Hey, to there we go. Podcast over. Podcast over. I made the joke. Because it is not going to get better than that. Yeah, it's not getting better than that tonight. That's Um, uh, quality right there. 
That is, yeah, that is a satisfactory podcast. Uh, and then the last thing I've been playing actually a ton of is Final Fantasy VII, uh, because I'm, I've been spending way too much time on the train lately. Uh, the, the public rail out here uh, is normally really good, but the last couple of weeks have just been dog shit. Um, so I, I have been bringing my Switch, and I've been playing the Switch a lot on my commute, and that has been Final Fantasy VII time, which is, which is fun. You know, it makes the, the delays go by a little bit faster, I guess, but... It, it still doesn't help when I'm getting home at an hour past when I should have gotten home. Yeah, that's fair. I uh, I have to... So, we just got a awesome comment in Twitch that says, Holy shit, this is the podcast I jerk off to most nights. Awesome! That's amazing. I, I love Congratulations. I love whoever you are. That's amazing. Anyway. Um, yeah, so did you hear that uh, Square Enix has said they have an announcement for E3 this year? They do. They do. They, they, I'm, I'm pretty excited, and I'm also slightly concerned. I don't want to get my hopes up, mainly because I know for a fact it's not going to be the announcement I want it to be. No, it's not going to be anything about a Final Fantasy game you care about. It's going to be another expansion to Final Fantasy fourteen or something like that. Yep, something like that, or it'll be some random you know, JRPG that whatever. So I'm not getting my hopes up, but it would be pretty sick if they're like, we finally finished the remake of Final Fantasy VII, and it will be available in the next three years. Yeah, exactly. It's just now getting into QA testing. I'm not getting my hopes up, though. Well, it sounds like you had a relatively fun week of gaming. I have been playing, uh, still playing The Witness a little bit, uh, just because it's like, you know, it gets me kind of held over a little bit. And I had a lot of gaming this week because I actually did a 12-hour stream on Sunday. You did? I did. How'd that go? It went well. It went well. Raised some good funds for the charity. Um, you know, and, uh, I got to play games for 12 hours, so I couldn't complain. So I played a lot of Apex Legends trying to prep for that tournament. Uh, we got to take out Viper Zero and, uh, or Vipe Zero and his, his goofy band of miscreets over there at Game Enthusiasts. So, uh, did some of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to be doing that. Having oh. played some Apex Legends with you, I don't think that's going to happen. You watch your slut mouth. Um, and then, uh, also... Uh, played some Overwatch, mainly because I am hot garbage at that, <clears throat> and I think uh, I, I could probably use some work there. And then played some WoW, played some uh, Witness, played... Uh, have you played the new Transistor game that's available out on the Epic Store right now? Well, by new you mean old, but... Old, but available free. New yeah. to you? Yes. Uh, so I played... I have not... I. I clicked on the button to get it for free off the Epic Store. Uh, I have not played it in this iteration of it. I played it back when it released a few years back. Um, I It's one that I've meant to get back into because when I did play it, it was following semi-hot on the heels of Bastion, and I adored Bastion. Yep. And Transistor is a very different game, and it was not checking all those boxes that Bastion did. So I was very disappointed in it when I first tried playing the game. Yeah. But everything that I've heard about it is that the, the combat system is still really cool once you get into it. It's very flexible. There's a lot of variety in it. And I just, like I said, I, you know, I never gave it the, <clears throat> the proper time maybe back when it was first out. Yeah, yeah. And that's, so I picked it up. I played it a little bit just because I was like, ah, it's free. Let's try it out. Um, and I was really, because I was hot off the heels of playing uh, Hades. <clears throat> which is kind of a, you know, dungeon crawler type uh, and same makers. So I was like, oh, give it a shot, see how it goes. Uh, and I was also relatively disappointed. I wasn't, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't the game I was hoping it would have been. So, um, yeah, that was, the, have you, have you seen Infinity Wars? I have, you can, you can and spoil Infinity Wars in chat all you want. 
Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, that that was my game, my week of gaming this week. It was a uh, it was a dang good time. So uh, so so we got a lot of gaming in, which is actually unusual for us lately because it seems like we actually haven't really been been playing a lot too often. Um, it sounds like you also have a lot of video game news this week, though, and. I have absolutely nothing that I've brought to the table, so I'm going to let you run through this entire segment on your own here, and I'm going to, I don't know, go grab a beer or something like that, Uh, (laughs) and just talk to yourself for a second. Sweet baby Jesus, do we have news. All right. First and foremost, top line of news, BlizzCon tickets, BlizzCon event, all of it is finally announced, right? So there is a lot of concern in the community on if they were even going to do a BlizzCon this year uh, for two reasons. One, uh, last year's was such a colossal meltdown that... There were some folks that were a little gun-shy on whether or not they would even attempt to do it. You're um, still just pissed because you don't have a phone. I do have phones. Oh. Sometimes. So, so what the hell is your problem, then? Well, I Because I don't want to play Diablo on a phone. I mean, come on. Anyway, we've already gone down my rant of mobile gaming's not being real gaming, all right? Yeah, um, get over it, mobile gamers. Exactly. Um... So, yes, short of the people not having phones or having phones, they are doing BlizzCon. It's going to be November 1st and 2nd this year, uh, which is usually the same week. They always do it, first week in November. Um, Their tickets are released uh, May 4th and May 8th, which is actually coming up here pretty quick. Uh, Usually they give you a long window uh, before that happens. Uh, But this time they were like, hey, by the way, this is announced and you can get tickets in a week. but they made a couple changes to tickets, which I'm not exactly sure how I feel about, and I want your opinion. Uh, so first and foremost, they upped the price of the tickets from 200 to $225 a person, which... All right. Okay, no big deal. It's called inflation. Yeah, we're fine. Yep. Inflation. Big, no big deal. Second group, or second thing, is the Portal Pass. And I'm going to call it the Porta Potty Pass, uh, because that's probably where it's going to get you to the bathroom fastest. But it's $550... Uh, instead right, of a bit two, more, instead of two hundred twenty-five dollars, but you get to skip most of the lines. It's basically a Disney Fast Pass, is what they're doing, um, hmm. and uh, it makes me sad because the lines. So here's here's what. So if I buy the five hundred and fifty dollar ticket, right, uh, I can get into the auditorium first. So it takes away all the fun of getting there two hours earlier to you know hang out with all these random people. Right? Sure. Now I have this fast pass, so I get to go into the auditorium first. I get to take up all the best seats, and so now there's no mad rush to these seats. Like, that was kind of part of the event. I had a blast. Well, but yeah. This year. But you'd still have to get there two hours early. Like, I mean, getting to the front of the line doesn't mean that you also magic into seats after other people in the, the plebe section have gotten in, right? No, it does. If you could show up 10 minutes before and you get to go through this fancy back entrance. That has shorter security lines, and you get to go in. I think it's a half hour before everybody else gets let in. Oh, okay. So that's so they make yes. everybody else stand outside waiting to get into the auditorium for two okay. hours. You get to saunter on up and then head right on in. Exactly. That's BS. For all the uh, like live things, like playing the games and everything else like that, you have a separate line for you that flows in first, and then everybody else, all the plebes who bought the two hundred twenty-five dollars, get to like fill in the empty spots. Gotcha. going to be annoying as all hell. Because there's no, like, limit to how many times. You could just keep walking in circles and keep playing Diablo 4 all day long. And because you bought the $550 pass, you get to go in front of the line. Right? Well, I mean, they have more money than you, so they're better than you. That's clear, right? And I think the last thing that really just tweaks my melon about this thing 
is they give you your own lounge. If you bought this $550 <laughs> pass, they have a convention center specifically for you where all the devs hang out and you can get in there and hang out with the devs. I'm like, nice. Really? Total sellout. That's so there's, good. I like this. There's rent. So they're, they're not making me. it. Yeah. Like, so subscribers have been falling off on World of Warcraft. They need to make up revenue somewhere. And God knows they're not churning out any new content to their existing games. So let's just charge people double to go and eat some cookies. And I mean, they're not going to have anything decent inside those lounges. So, no. yeah. So you eat your Pringles, you have some cookies, you get some water around the water cooler and talk to some devs about how their convention's going. I exactly. Like it. Exactly. The so I'm on board with this. The second thing I hate about this is the uh, ticketing process altogether. So last year, and I hated the ticketing process last year too, but at least I had some control over it. Okay. So last year, basically they said tickets go on sale on at point a right noon on this day and you basically had to have a freaking atomic clock up so that it that went to like the millionth of a millisecond and hit f5 right at noon to even have a chance of getting tickets which i did okay i had a freaking atomic clock on my right monitor i had the the ticket ses- session up on my left monitor and i bought tickets okay now this year all they're going to do is they're going to put you in a lobby and it's literal rng on if you get a chance to buy tickets or not Oh, that's amazing! They're gonna make everybody slash roll to see if you get to buy tickets. Now that would even I, I would even take that as like a role play. Like, yeah, that's cool, right? No, this is straight up. Just sit here, and then the system picks you on if you can or can't buy a ticket. Not when you arrived. It's just straight up like you, sir, get to buy a ticket, and you have seven minutes to buy the ticket. And if you don't, then it goes to the next person it picks at random. Now, are there different pools of people based on how much money you're willing to spend to buy your tickets? Nope. Oh, so the people that want to buy the fancy version, their fast pass portal pass or whatever the thing, they still get put in with the common rabble. Right. So that's, that pisses me off because I actually enjoyed the gamification of trying to like trick the system. and be like, right at noon, I'm hitting F5, clicking buy and going. Hmm. So. You know, know, I, do you think that there's going to be a single thing that they release that's interesting at this year's BlizzCon anyway? Uh, I think they have to. I think. But I mean, what's it gonna be to like? Have... Oh, cool! Guess what, guys? Warcraft Three Remastered is nope. finally almost ready. No. Um, so... Diablo Mobile Hack and Slash, like Diablo Fruit for Fruit Ninja. Yeah, there you go. Fruit Diablo Ninja. Fruit Ninja is almost ready to go. Yeah. Like, what, what do they have that? Material slashes the watermelons. I jump. I jump. Yeah. Oh, um... guess what? Another robot man is being added to Overwatch. <laughs> No, I think they have to have a playable demo of Diablo 4. Um, or it'll be such a waste. Like, seriously, they wasted their opportunity. Last year, they could have come up and just thrown a number, like a flaming number four on a screen with some maniacal laugh in the background, and everybody would have lost their freaking minds. This year, based on what they did last year, they have to have a playable Diablo 4 demo. Or they, they should have just called the event off. Like everybody's expecting it and it will be a absolute cluster if they don't have that. So I think that'll get announced I mean, this year. Sh- sure. And I don't want to shit all over Blizzard because I, I do still enjoy a lot of their games. I mean, I just talked about how much Overwatch I play, but I mean, these guys are getting stale, man. Yep. Like, you know, how much interest is there in going to BlizzCon and watching people cosplay characters that have existed for 15 years now. And... 
watch the fourth iteration, maybe, of Diablo. Right. And hear about another old game that they're maybe going to re-release at some point in the future. Try to listen to them tell you that Heroes of the Storm and StarCraft aren't actually dead. Just save your money, guys. Save your money. Buy video games and play them at home. Don't go to BlizzCon. Yep. So that's BlizzCon. Shift into the next piece of news, also somewhat Blizzard-related. They opted out of Gamescom this year, so they're not going to Gamescom. So all EU, they're waiting for their news as well. They're not going to get it till BlizzCon, um, which will more than likely be a bunch of digital subscriptions. Um, actually, I think they probably chose to do that just to up their digital subscriptions on it. Um, but we'll see there. Sure. Um, some game news for them. Uh, obviously, 8.2 is coming out with a lot of lore. Um, some really cool stuff uh, coming in that patch, so I'm excited about that. We already kind of went in depth on that, but there's obviously continuous leaks on things that are coming out, possibly a new race, uh, which would be pretty cool. So there's that. Sure. Um, Heroes of the Storm. That is actually still a video game. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, still a video game. They're releasing... Does anybody over at Blizzard know that? I don't think they do. Don't say they're... it. Don't say it too loud because I think they maybe just forgot to turn the server off. Oh, Brent. Brent says the B. Yes, the B is coming out in eight dot two. Um, Heroes of the Storm is releasing Anduin this uh, this week for a new playable hero class. So uh, I think that means that you should be able to walk out on the field, throw your sword into the dirt, and then raise all your dead teammates. I think that's mm. his ability. Um, if Fantastic. I learned anything about cinematics. Um, and then let's see what else overwatch oh overwatch is getting the havana map this week so okay uh that should new be kind of cool fun. yep new sure. maps are good i'm excited for that so that is all my blizzard crap that was a lot of crap in the news just about blizzard so let's jump into some other stuff uh big news that literally came out today psionics was just purchased by epic um so all you rocket league fans out there uh yes my condolences I don't know. Um, they've they've said they will leave Rocket League on the Steam Store until 2019, or until the end of 2019, sorry, um, which doesn't give you much time, but congratulations. So um, if you already own it on on Steam, though, are you going to continue to be able to play it on Steam, or are they, like, shutting it all down and moving it I over or something? imagine they will allow you to transfer your serial key over to Epic, but you will no longer be able to boot it from the Steam launcher, is my guess. Now, they haven't come out and said how they're going to do it, um, but knowing how Epic and Steam play together, uh, yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, sure. Though Epic did come out and say they would stop securing exclusives if Steam started paying the developers more, uh, which is such an absolute lord <laughs> load of just horse shit. Like, let's be honest; these guys are not some like altruistic. Sure they are, because they're making billions of dollars. They don't give a crap. Stop yeah, sending yeah, game we'll enthusiast get... material. I will. Yeah, I, I will sometime. We'll we'll get into my rant about Epic in a little bit here, but yeah, whatever. I've talked enough about how much I despise the Epic Store on on this podcast already. On some happier news, I got to watch two hours of gameplay video for Borderlands Three today, and it was glorious. It was amazing. I am so excited for that game. I can't even. I can't even explain it. Oh, need um, another old game. Cool. Borderlands Three. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Borderlands Two is an old game. Borderlands Three is a new game. So, so tell me why I should be excited about another Borderlands game. Well, because Claptrap is there. Oh, great. 
Did he dab? He, I didn't see him dab in the gameplay video, but he's got to dab at some time, right? Yeah, he's going to floss. Yeah, he'll start flossing. Um, no, the, so realistically and honestly, the gameplay is actually really cool. Like, they, they've upped the gameplay from Borderlands 2 and 1. Um, you know, there's a little bit more mobility in the game, so you can slide kind of like an Apex. You can also vault and grapple kind of like an Apex, which is really cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Borderlands, if someone hasn't played the series 1, 2, or 3, should they play them all or wait for three uh yeah actually so that's a good question uh pg uh they actually brought up the fact that the borderlands 3 game will have its own unique story so you could just play that game and not have to hop into other two um but anyway uh movement in the game is actually really cool um the shooting in the game is super cool actually it's uh i i almost feel like it might be too easy based on the way i watched it um even like the level one gate one guns or you know there's no kick to them. It's actually just kind of like point and click and go to town. Um, lots of, uh, you know, to be expected from Borderlands, blood and guts and violence and sure. uh, personality. Oh, my God. The personality is hilarious. I loved some just some of the and, you know, they only let us they only let them play through certain areas. But just some of the story and the, the voice lines and from all of the. Um. Oh my God! Why can't I think of their name now? The dudes that wear the masks, the vault, the bandit guys, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, just some of the the voice lines they have. I was laughing my ass off at my desk at work. So it, it was great. I'm I am well, excited for Borderlands Three. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Borderlands the the humor and the writing and everything has always been in those side characters, right? Like you run into Tiny Tina or those sorts of characters, and those are always where it's more amusing. Um, the Vault Hunters have always been kind of just a blank slate that I guess right. you travel around the world in. Uh, does it look like they're actually going to put any sort of personality on them, or is it going to be the same as it's been the last couple? Obviously, the one you're playing, it, you know, there's no personality to them, really. Okay. It's it's just you. Um, but, like, the, you interact with a lot of the other Vault Hunters, and they have personality as you play through them. So that's pretty cool. Okay. Um, but it looks it looks to be a fun game. I'm I'm excited. I tell you what, you're hesitant, so I'll pick it up first, and I'll play a level and a half, and then you can join in, and we can co-op. Because that's oh, perfect. You, you and I have been looking for co-op for forever, right? We 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 tried to do the last. What was not the last of us? What was the escape one that uh, Chris and I were just talking about it too? Um, the escape one. The escape from prison. Um, oh, the a way out. Yeah, way out. Yeah, so you and I were gonna do that. Like, we gotta find a good co-op, and this is a good co-op. Oh, the other thing that's really cool about the way they did Borderlands Three this time is each individual uh, player, even though the server is instanced to whoever creates the player and co-op, the loot, the levels of the characters, everything is instanced to your level. So I could be level ten, you could be level twenty, and we're still fighting the same people, but the difficulty level is varied based on who you are. So that's pretty sure. cool. It's, it's good that they did that. I do like that a lot of games are starting to roll that sort of system into it as right. far as how you can level up with people that are very different in level from you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's the end of the summer, right? Uh, September 13th. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then our last bit of news, which kind of plays in a little bit to our crunch time topic. Apex Legends came out uh, the other day uh, with a really kind of horse crap memo, in my opinion. <laughs> Um, but that's Let's just me. Uh, I'm not going to read the entire memo. But uh, they basically came out and said, here's the deal. 
Uh, we're going to keep focusing on cheaters. We're not going to tell you how we're going to do that because that would give the cheaters a heads up, which really just tells me we don't really know what we're doing. Yeah, we, we don't try. know, but trust us, guys. We gotta we're going to try and fix this, um, though I will give them credit. They're the only company I've seen so far that's hardware ID banning people, which is kind of cool. Um, so good for them on that front. Um, they came out and said, um, essentially, we know that sometimes when you hop in the game, the server's really laggy for the first 30 minutes. We're working on that. Uh, we've been working on that since the get-go, and we don't really know an answer to it. Uh, they said that uh, in not so many words. Uh, they also said, we know that uh, sometimes when you shoot people, it doesn't register, um, which you would kind of think is like entry-level stuff for a first-person That's shooter. That seems like a major thing in, a, <laughs> in an FPS. But they're like, we know. Um, however, uh, we're, we're going to get that figured out. Um, and then uh, the last thing they said is, oh, we know that other games in the Battle Royale realm are pumping out content left and right, but we're focused on making quality content that works correctly from the get-go that keeps people other, engaged. <laughs> other than all of those bugs that we just mentioned, but short beyond of the fact that, that the all content... of our stuff is going to work amazingly. Right. Short of the fact that the content we released is riddled with bugs, <laughs> we're going to spend time to make them better. So um, here's my take on what they said, basically. Uh, we don't have a great cadence for releasing content. Uh, we paid a crap load of money to have some of our best streamers uh, pimp this game out to all of you people. Sure. We started off with 50 million subscribers right away. And uh, we... And we had no really plans for what it. to do. Yeah, we had no plans for what to do <laughs> when we got 50 million people signing up to play this thing because we never thought it was going to do that. Right, exactly. So, um, now the one thing he did say in what relates to our current topic is the one thing that they want to avoid at um, Respawn is crunch. Right, They want to avoid um, the fact that they don't want to overwork their employees. They don't want to, um, you know, focus on having people work 100-hour weeks like it was just announced epic is doing right like they got guys working 100 150 hour weeks which i don't even know how you get 150 hours in a week but uh you know these guys are working a crap ton right so sure they're they called out their competitor and said hey we don't want to do that which i totally get totally understand um but i'll be honest with you i think it's just a an excuse right? well so I, what exactly would make you happy, Mr. Generic Unhappy Gamer Guy? Because for years, gamers talk about how they want transparency. Yep. And now these guys are out there saying, we don't know what the hell to do about all these different bugs, but hey, at least we're going to be open with you and tell you that we get that the shit's all fucked and we just can't fix it. Um, and then, you know, we, we worry about crunch, and we're, we're going to get into that in a second here. Yep. And they say, hey, we are not going to do any sort of crunch, but that also means that you're not going to be getting new content anytime soon. Um, and, okay, so here's here's my take on it, and I'm going to address two things. One, Vibe Zero said, I really respect Respawn for acknowledging the dissatisfaction and wanted to make it better for everyone. PUBG sure. never came out and said, our game is broken, we know this, bear with us. Two things. One, I absolutely agree with you, Vibe. Uh, I respect the fact that they acknowledge that there's problems. Um, second thing, though they didn't do it right away, PUBG did come out and say our game is broken and they laid out like an entire business plan on how they were going to fix it. Uh, so 
it's not unheard of. Uh, but with that being said, I do respect the fact that they acknowledge that there's a huge dissatisfaction. Um, I also feel like there's probably a little bit of the business side of them coming out and trying to save the the drowning ship because right now there are players leaving that game like the Dickens. They're, they're just, I mean, they can't even jump off the boat quick enough. Well, sure, but it's a free-to-play game. So the barrier right. to jump back in whenever they release new content is still going to be free-to-play. I, like, I, I get it. You know, like, when you you are this amazing flash, you know, you, you come out the gate swinging. And these are guys that made two fantastic games, Titanfall and Titanfall 2, and not a single person gave a crap. Yep. Right? So they're used to making some good quality content and having nobody care about it. So when they made this game that they were probably pretty happy with and all of a sudden the world actually noticed for once you know that that's amazing stuff and then you see that as those numbers are dropping and you want to do everything you can in order to keep the player base there um like i i get it but they're being transparent and that apparently is not enough for you man what do you what do you want so i want them to hold to what they're saying be transparent i'm fine my game's broken we're looking to fix it we're going to release quality content release the quality content like that's the thing like you haven't released quality content you've patched bugs since the get-go the only thing you released is a pile of crap battle pass that showed that you put no work into it whatsoever there was like i think call it 20 skins in the battle pass and the rest of it was just apex coins that you got for leveling up the pass is grindy as all hell there's no value to stay in it like it, it was literally someone sitting there going well we're getting pressure to release a battle pass which is exactly what i'm doing right now but I, I totally get that but what i'm saying is if you're going to stand behind and say we want to release quality content great i'm all for it look i'm a blizzard guy we release content once every nine months but it's quality right if you're going to release quality content, release quality content. Don't be like, oh, we're just going to release quality content every three months. And then it's a freaking Gibraltar patch that's bugged as all hell to begin with. Right? <laughs> like, that's that's not quality content. Hey, guess what? We, we shrunk his uh, hitbox down a tiny, tiny amount. And now you can shoot through his legs. Well, so did you hear? So the, they shrunk his hitbox down and they, they gave him passive damage reduction. Yes. So it's a 10% passive damage reduction which is fantastic, your shield takes 10% less damage when you get shot, and it passes straight through to your health bar. That's the glitch. Right now, your shield takes 10% less damage, <laughs> but your health bar takes 100% of that damage. Um, that, that's pretty good. No, I had I had not heard of that one. <laughs> so it's literally the opposite of what they were attempting to do. Uh, that's pretty that good. Is, that is still currently a bug in the game. Yeah, well, so, that season two will fix that. Don't worry. So... That's our Apex news. Uh, I do, yes, Five Zero. I do appreciate the fact that they came out and said something. They're addressing the fact that they understand that the community is upset. Appreciate all that. I sincerely hope they take a chance to um, step back, rebuild, and, and kind of look at how it can keep players engaged. I don't anticipate them doing the the epic thing where they're, you know, dropping new content every week i don't expect the map to somehow randomly sprout a magic volcano that spits out dinosaur poo like that's not what i'm looking for but what i am looking for is bring me back like i played the hell out of that game for the first month it came out and then it was just the same thing over and over again right and you know brian our friend my friends know like if you don't give me change if you if i play through the whole thing i've played through the story i get the gist of the game and it doesn't 
change it all or doesn't keep me coming back, I'll destiny to it, right? Brant, that was for you if you're still in chat. Uh, I just, I'll drop it because it's not, there's no reason to come back. If it just starts to feel grindy, there's no reason to come back. Um, and well, so, sure, because your gaming time is limited and you want to be feeling like you're getting fulfillment out of what little time you have to actually be playing games. Right. Uh, Vibe said, so Respawn is just patching and not fixing overall bugs. Uh, the drop of players, do you think they can still compete with Fortnite even though, even if they're announcing changes in the map like Fortnite? Uh, honestly, Vibe, I I don't think they'll compete with Fortnite, um, which is sad because I hate Fortnite. I can't stand it. Is, is Fortnite still the behemoth that it was? Oh, yeah. But the thing is, is they have, and we'll get into this in just a second, they have a crap load of developers that are literally just shitting out skins as they walk to the bathroom. Like, I, I have no idea how they do it, but it's every single day there's a new skin, there's a new patch, there's some, it, it's crazy. But so, so if people have returned, you know, streamers for a while, right? Like everybody fled from Fortnite over to Apex when it first came out. Is it kind of started to switch back then? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it actually, it was released publicly that all the streamers that fled to Apex were paid a crap load of money to do it, which is what Apex did. They paid a crap load of money for streamers to come game in their platform uh and then they didn't have a platform to support the mass amount of people that came in afterwards right so it just wasn't they weren't thinking about it so sure all right well let's jump into the topic of the week since we've kind of been talking around it a little bit um i want to talk about work-life gaming balance again a little bit sure um and i feel like this is something that we harp on a lot here and that's because we're old and we have families and we are crotchety old men, yes. Yeah, we can't stay up and game all night like we used to anymore. Um, and, and I feel like this is something that is going to be an ongoing, constant thing for us until we finally retire, whenever that is. Uh, at which point we'll game from our rocking chairs or something. But Damn right. Th My this idea of, I like that. See, there you go. You got your gaming rocking chair. Um, the, this idea behind work-life balance, I think, is so important because you do have a limited amount of time that you are able to play games. And you want to feel fulfilled when you are playing those games, right? Like, this is your escapism. You go to work, you work hard all day, you come home, you hang out with your kids, you go to a baseball game and everything like that. And then those hours during the week that you have where you can play games, you want to feel like you are getting the most enjoyment out of it. Um, so... How are we supposed to feel then about the people that are making our games? Because lately, it seems like every where you go, there's another amazing expose on how shitty the video game industry is to be a part of. Yeah, it's it's hard, um, and I've I've been thinking about it too. Like, you know, I always I, get, I have this platform to sit in front of a microphone and bitch about how someone's not releasing content fast enough, and then I think about it and I'm like, well, that's because little Timmy needed a leg amputated yesterday, and I had to take the day off of work, and so I couldn't release content, sure. right? Um, so that's super crappy of me as a gamer. Um, and the hard part is, is like when I look at it from my lens, right, as the gamer, as the consumer of the the stuff you're putting together as a as a game developer. Um, I don't I don't look at it like I expect the developers to do this, that, and the other thing in order to appease me and my stupid need to play video games. My expectation is on the developing company, right? The game developer company. I manage a development team of a of however many people for work, right? If I'm falling behind or if I'm not meeting my timelines, I'm not 
putting it on the seven developers I have to work overtime. I'm saying, hey, we need to hire another guy because I'm way overstaffed or way understaffed for the amount of work you have coming in, right? So that's my frustrating part is these developing companies, these candidly respawns or EAs or Blizzard for that matter are cutting to the pennies, right? They're cut down to the minimum amount. We don't want to we don't want to staff for peak. We'll staff for average and then when we get to peak we'll just work these guys to their bones. And it's a business or hire contractors or hire under uh, under qualified contractors. Sure. And it and it's a business practice and I get it, but it doesn't make it any more um exciting or acceptable for me, you know what I mean? Sure. Um well so let's talk about Fortnite specifically then. Sure. Um Really good article from Polygon uh, came out recently. Um, I want to read a couple quotes from it. So um, so this is straight from the, the article on Polygon. Uh, quote, in a dozen interviews conducted by Polygon over a period of several months, current and former employees say they regularly worked in excess of 70-hour weeks, with some reporting 100-hour weeks. Uh, contract staff in Epic's quality assurance and customer service departments spoke of a stressful and hostile working environment in which working overtime... While officially voluntary, was an expected service to the company. Although contract staff were paid overtime, developers reported a culture of fear in which they were expected to pull long hours as part of their job. Some reported suffering health issues after working consecutive months of 70-hour weeks. This is... end quote there. Uh, this is ridiculous. Like, what the hell is going on in game development, right? Like, is your stupid new skin in Fortnite worth basically these people throwing everything they have into this game yeah and, and we kind of had that conversation well we've had it a couple uh, repeatedly times yeah. yeah i mean we had it a month and a half ago when we were talking about the uh the bioware magic yep. um before that was red dead redemption 2 and how crappy apparently everything was working for that um i mean if we go back Beyond that, it seems like every game company under the sun has these same sort of issues. You know, like going back to the the first one that I really remembered was the uh, EA spouse thing, yep. which was back in like 2003, 2004, something like that, talking about how crappy it was to work for EA back then. Yep. Um, I mean, this is not a new thing, but the problem is that in order to capture that magic that you have from Fortnite, they feel, you know, Epic feels like they need to be making this content at a pace that the workers apparently can only keep up with by working 100-hour weeks month after month after month. Like, this isn't crunch. This is like an ongoing right. crunch-type period that apparently has been going on since the game released a year and a half ago or whenever that was, two years ago. Right. Yeah, and I, and so uh, actually a couple people on Twitch chat right now brought up a good point, and I agree with them. It's, it's not necessarily isolated to video game industries, right? It's right No, now, absolutely it's, not. It's... A hot topic in video game industries because there's all these new games coming out, all this um, software as a service type stuff that um, you know really requires content updates, and people are starting to ask, "Well, how the hell are you getting all these content updates done?" Um, and it's creating some conversations around crappy workplaces. But to Brand's point, well, that sounds like his job most weeks, um, you know. And it, it, we've all done uh, some of the uh, jobs. I mean, I know when I worked retail, I was volunteering for a number of hours uh just so i could get work done right and things that you know you're right it's not expected of me to work 80 hours but it is expected of me to do all of this crap and the expectations don't have hours associated to them the hours i have to work is there but 
the expectations, they, they're unrealistic, right? And that's sure. the biggest problem is, like I think I called it out last week or the week before, is a, hey, great job knocking that skin out, uh, or great job knocking that content patch out. I'm really happy. Um, by the way, we need the next one on my desk by Friday. Like, that's that's the... That's the Joe Schmo sitting in the fancy, you know, chair with a on the boss man plaque on his desk. Like that's that dude looking at all the little little ones going totally happy with what you did there. Uh, can you get me the next one by tomorrow? Because that's when we need it in order to get it through all these other stupid pieces of red tape so we can get it live by X date. Right. And that's sure. the hard part. Well, and, and sure. I don't want to say that this is a video game exclusive thing. Um I work in scientific research and there you are always going to have peaks and valleys kind of in areas where you have crunch, right? You know, yeah. if you're trying to get a publication out, there are going to be times where you're working 80, 100 hour weeks to get that out. Uh, if you're applying for grant funding, there are always deadlines and everything where grants have to be submitted by, you know, like, it, yes, it exists in different industries, but I feel like you don't see, at least in my industry... I have never seen somebody crying or, you know, vomiting out of frustration in the bathrooms. Um, you don't have people getting fired because they refuse to work seven-day weeks for months on end. Uh, which this Fortnite, uh, or this Polygon article about Fortnite talked about people, you know, losing their jobs because they refused to work those hours and they missed a deadline that could only be met by working 100-hour weeks. Right. Um, you know, it's... I guess what I want to get to on this, because we're now seeing this in every company out there, it seems like, or at least every major company working in the U.S., since other countries do have some level of protection on this occasionally. Um, I mean, what's the solution to it? Like, here, here's my problem, and, and I don't expect that you and I and our viewers in Twitch are going to come up with a solution today and revolutionize the video game industry, but the issue is that I now sit here wanting to play Satisfactory, which is only available on the Epic Store. And that Epic Store is only available because of the money that they are raking in from Fortnite. And that money that they're raking in from Fortnite is only available because they are working their workers to the bone. So how am I supposed to sit there as a gamer, not feeling some level of guilt for supporting this whole shitty industry right now? Yeah. So I think there's, I think you're right. I think we're not going to be the ones to solve this problem by any means. Um, I also think there's good conversation going on on Twitch chat right now about kind of what is right and what is wrong. I mean, certainly other industries have this same problem. We've talked about that already today. Um, I think uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say a very unpopular word, uh, even especially for me, because I would quit for sure if I had one, but um, you know, it's not a problem in other countries, primarily because a lot of these workers are unionized, right? So you look at a unionized workforce, um, in the development world, that might fix some of the problems. I think Starcy sure. um, has probably the best, uh, we'll say, not a fix, because I don't know if it's ever going to be fixed. Unfortunately, the content patches that are put out are like crack cocaine to gamers, and they just want their next hit, right? Yeah, you, you um, got to get the next thing. But I agree with her, and she said the biggest problem we have is gamers still uh, still claim that developers aren't putting out content fast enough. True, and and I am just as guilty of that when I kind of you know rag on Blizzard a little bit and the slow pace that they have on their new releases. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess maybe it's important to keep a perspective on it. Um, it is okay to be disappointed that the game that you like doesn't seem to be getting new releases. 
But taking that out on the developers, I think, is where it goes too far. Um, you know, for me, if I feel like Overwatch has gotten stagnant or WoW has gotten stagnant, I don't hop into a message board and complain about it. I just go play something else until they come out with that new content patch that brings me back in. And I guess that's what I was kind of getting at a little bit earlier when it came to uh, Apex or, you know, these other games like that where it's a free-to-play game. You know, there's nothing stopping players from trickling off and going and playing something else. And then when they get around to making Season 2, if that now has the big content that people are looking for, I feel like that should be what draws people back in. Right, right. Without needing to go through all of the the whining and crying and bitching and death threats and whatever else we we get out of the gaming community sometimes. So I'll say, I'm going to say a few things about kind of where, because I agree with you. I think there's there's a, a, especially right now, we're in a... We have PC games that are fantastic. We have Xbox games that are out there fantastic. Some ridiculous PS4 games. The Switch. I mean, gaming right now is at a peak. So there should be no lack of video games for you to play out there if you just want to step away from a game for a little while because it's not uh, tweaking your melon, as you if you would call it. Um, nobody nobody calls it that. I'm calling this is it like the third time tonight you've talked about tweaking your melon, and I'm starting to get a little worried. I've have I said tweaking your melon three times? That's awesome. I've, at least a couple. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna have to go back and watch the Twitch chat. Um, uh, so if the game's just not hitting you where it should, then step away, right? Um, I think that unfortunately the leadership in a lot of these game development companies is hugely to blame because half the time, and it's I can't believe they do it, but I've heard it happen multiple times where they'll come out and say, you know, we were we were really hoping for X, Y, and Z uh, to be done, but development is just behind. Sure. Okay, is development behind? Is it creative? You just didn't write the story in enough time? Is it... Because I'll be honest, I work in a world with development. It's not hard to pretty much nail on the nose how long it's going to take you to develop something, right? So there's roadblocks in between there that are creating problems, right? It's not the it's not the dude sitting there coding for 12 hours. It's the, the creative team can't put together the story in time or it's the legal team can't get all the legalities correct in order to to push it to the next phase or well, or, it's all those or things. things yeah or things getting moved around midstream right you absolutely know, how many games do you see where it seems to be 50 60 80 percent of the way done and then all of a sudden there'll be a major restructuring in it where the devs are expected to go back and completely change things but they don't move that release window Right, exactly, exactly. So the, it's things like that. And then these companies are too ballless. They won't come out and just say, hey, we fucked up. Uh, it's going to be a little later, right? Instead, they blame it on the developers or they blame it on a, a typhoon in Japan. I don't know. They blame it on whatever they can, but they're not blaming it on their poorly managed environment, right? So that's point one. Uh, point two, there have been a couple of developers, um, particularly with the Bioware stuff that came out, um, that have said, look, the the dudes that talked about the crunch at Bioware and the poor living experience were complete and utter morons. Like, they were upset because they were working 70 hours because they couldn't keep up with the minimal amount of work that they had and they should have been fired in the first place, right? So there's some bit of that that also exists in this crunch story, right? I'm not saying it's completely false and it's sure, not Sure, and, and in every one of these articles, you definitely do see the counterpoint of people saying that they absolutely love working for Epic or they absolutely love working for Bioware or EA or whatever. Like, you're always going to have 
a balance in it. And you imagine that's got to be something just inherent to any sort of workforce, right? There, there are going to be people that love that job that don't have a problem working crazy hours because they really believe in it or that work in a different section of the company where, you know, you can get your work done in 40 hours, 45 hours, 50 hours and, you know, head out the door and everything. And maybe you don't see the other side of it. These people that are doing the content that requires the crazy hours. Right. And I, I just don't want to... Uh, I'm gonna offend some people by saying this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I don't want to millennialize the the expectation, right? Just because you feel like you deserve to have X, Y, and Z, um, doesn't mean you are working hard enough to have earned it, right? So, and that's the like I see it in the workplace, in in my workplace even, right? People who, um, you know, oh yeah, you know, I really feel like I should be able to leave by four every day, so I'm gonna bitch that I have to work until six thirty tonight because I should have been able to. Leave. No, that's not, that's not part of it, right? Um, it, it's your job. That's why you're there. Now, if you are actually working 75, 80 hours a week and you can throw that on the, or, yeah, a week, not every two weeks, but a week. And you can show me a time card saying, this is what I had to work this last week, or this is what I'm working on average. I'm going to look at that and go, man, that's messed up. I'm sorry. That sucks. But if you're just bitching that you're working eight hours a week and then you actually look at the time card and they've only put in 65 or 60 or 40 right then sure. it's like eh, okay but that doesn't seem to be what you're getting out of a lot of these articles right like th- these are not yep. this is not a glass door review where some anonymous person can hop in there and say you know company x y and z really sucks to work for one star i mean these are multiple employees and former employees um and in some cases even the companies themselves kind of coming out and admitting it and trying to put the spin on it right you know i yep. think rockstar Absolutely. did that with the stuff after red dead redemption 2 where they tried to come out and say, like, hey, yeah, some people work really long hours, but they want to. So, you know, congratulations, yeah. whatever type thing. Yeah, so it doesn't seem like these are just completely one-off anecdotes from different companies. I mean, this does seem to be something that is known in the video game industry. And I, and I don't think anybody's trying to necessarily say that it's not. Um, I mean, I guess where the debate seems to be coming down on is should that just be expected in some cases. Right. Well, and it... Um, uh, Gearbox today at their Borderlands live release, they even said it like one of the guys asked him a question about crunch. You know, you've been working on this game for four years. Um, you know, you, you talked about how it feels good to finally have the right amount of time to make a game. And, um, you know, do you feel like you guys still suffer from crunch? And he's like, you know, that's such a hard um, question because he was, do I have developers that are working 70 hours this week? Absolutely. Um, do I have developers that, tell me they want to be there for 70 hours this week? Yes, absolutely, because they're invested in this game that spent the last four years making. They want to see it come across the line. Um, do I feel like they probably could be at home spending time with their family and kids instead of making the game? Absolutely. So that's, he's like, as a as a manager of these developers, I don't know where I stand on it, right? Because I'm, I'm not telling them they have to be there 70 hours. I'm not telling them they, I'm telling them go home, spend time with your family. But a lot of these guys are sitting at their desk trying to just knock out that next small piece that they know they have to get done. And that takes a little bit more time than they're expecting. He's like, I'm not trying to keep them there at all. I want them to go home. I'm just trying to ensure that they're happy doing what they're doing. And I can't really be like, all right, you, he's like, we don't, we're not in an environment where I'm saying, all right, at 40 hours, I'm kicking you out of the building. He's like, that's not, that's not the world we live. We're all salaried employees. That's, you know, that's not how it works. Sure. Um, but at the same point, I do have to be cognizant of 
wearing these people down. And, and this is a very different conversation, right? We're talking about you know, some people complaining about being so tired and exhausted. They're vomiting at their in their trash bucket at their desk, right? That's obviously a, like if I'm a manager, I'm going to look at you and go, go home, right? So these are very different situations. But it's one of those things where it all kind of flows into that same category bucket. And you got to kind of wonder like how much of that is voluntary quote unquote and how much of that is voluntoldery sure well and and that's where you have again these stories you know so not to just keep harping on epic but i hate epic um i don't actually hate epic but um they're the, the good whipping boy lately um i mean there you have these stories that you see in other video game companies where you get unlimited leave right and you see that in a lot of these tech companies right you, you hear about it in google and facebook and all these companies where on paper you have as much vacation time as you could ever possibly want to take but not a single person wants to be the one to use vacation time and look like they are not 100% committed or not a team player yep and so now you have companies that are starting to do mandated like mandatory leave at either the end of projects or you know biannually or whatever it is where now you're going to force the entire workforce to go and take a vacation just so that people actually are getting away from the desk. Um, I mean, that's where it does get hard, though, because there are always going to be those workers that want to be there for that 80-hour week, right? Whether it's because they're really into the project or they really want career advancement or, you know, they feel like they're part of this team and they don't want to let the team down. Um, You know, where does the management need to step in and tell them they need to go home? And that's... I mean, that's beyond my pay grade for this right. podcast. Um, so, okay, let's circle back around because, again, we're, we're not going to solve this. And I think I fully come down in support of unionizing video game workers. Um, and I think there are a lot of other industries that face similar sorts of issues that could use unionization. Well, I mean, and I think that that would be incredibly helpful in it. Look, look, at, uh, look at, for example... Um the uh hollywood right movies things that's all unionized right because they they are a lot of times required i mean you're shooting a movie you might put in 100 hours in a week shooting a movie but it's all unionized it's all protected which makes a lot of sense now unfortunately these guys are sitting on and this is some of the stuff coming up in twitch chat too but they're sitting on a salaried paycheck which i'll be 100 percent candid with you um i work a job that's salary and i joke but it's half true. Salary and slavery are one word apart or one letter apart, right? Um, so when you think about it, like there's there are weeks, particularly in November, where I'll put a hundred hours in in a week. Sure. Because working that's... yeah, working in retail, you know that yep. the time around Black Friday and then the time around the holidays, you are going to be yep. really, really pushing those hours. Yeah. It's just expected of me. And then on top of that, it and it's not I shouldn't say it's expected of me. It's again the expectations. All this work has to get done by day A. Somebody's got to do it. All right. Well, I guess it's on me, right? On top of that, as a salaried employee, you're pretty much on call 24-7, right? I mean, it's not in your contract. It doesn't say that you're on call 24-7. But if your boss calls you up and goes, hey, this thing's going on, got to do this, right? That's that's where you're going to have to, you're going to have to step in and take care of it. By moving these employees to some sort of unionized environment, it protects a little bit from some of that, right? Um, sure. Also, and, and of course, you know, like 
just the the prospect of them joining into some sort of union does not all of a sudden mean, okay, they're only going to be working 36-hour weeks, and they need to have such and such pension systems, and they need to have, you know, a 15-minute smoking break every two hours, and all those sorts of things. Like, there are levels that you can put in where they get some protections against the things that most people, I think, would look at and say are crazy, while still allowing for stuff like crunch, right? Like, I, th I think that there are going to always be times in a video game's development cycle where stuff just needs to get done and you need to push it across the line. Or something breaks horribly and you need to work 80-hour weeks to get this thing fixed and make this game playable again. So I, I don't think that it needs to be the sort of situation where you are forced to clock out at the end of your 40 hours, regardless of, you know, what is going on in it. But I think that there does need to be some change to to fix up this industry because right now I like after reading these stories I can't imagine young kids you know your children as they start getting closer to it like it, it's got to be impossible as a parent to push your kids into or even support your kids going into something like game dev at this point yeah it's and my son is a huge gamer he wants to go into game dev and it's the you're absolutely right like I'm looking at it going well I hate to break it to you but that's gonna be a lot of work right now sure um, um Okay, so let's circle back around because we are we're nearing that hour mark. Let's, I kind of want to wrap this thing up here. Should I feel guilty? <laughs> Should I feel guilty playing something on the Epic Store, knowing that this is provided by blood money from the backs of these poor Fortnite developers? No, and I, I'll tell you why. I mean, you're a consumer. Uh, you you shouldn't feel now if you owned a development company and you were riding your workers like a freaking dead horses then yeah you should absolutely feel guilty but you're the consumer um i don't even know what the hell that metaphor was riding my workers like dead, dead horses. horses it's a, it's a red dead redemption <laughs> metaphor um it, it, you ride your horse a lot in that game by the way just throw sure it out there okay um, so we're riding so if i if i am riding my dead employees if you're riding then I'm an dead employees then you're an asshole um no i i i I struggle with it too, because yeah, absolutely. I think you are to blame a little bit, and I am to blame a little bit to Starcy's point, because we're sitting here going, "Put out more content. I want more content. I need give us content. something to play and then talk about." Yeah, uh, exactly. Well, especially I mean, we're on a podcast. Like, I need news. Somebody better do something, or else I can't talk this week, right? Um, so I totally get that, uh, and I do feel a little guilty about that, and I'll probably more than likely take a few steps back the next time I complain about content being or not being pushed out. Um, especially for companies that I know are kind of crunchy companies. Um, but on the flip side, I also feel like it is the responsibility of the game developer to release quality content or they're going to lose customers. Right. So that's, that's just their life. Um, I think it's the responsibility of the development company to staff appropriately for that. Right. Sure. And I, I totally, like I said, I totally get it. I manage developers and it's really hard to say, okay, I'm going to add two new developers today for crunch and then I'm going to have to cut them in six months. But it's life as a developer. That's why there's so many contract developers out there because there's tons of work for them, right? Well, um, and this is, we've talked about this before on the podcast too of, I think this is where you start getting into creative uses of your developers, whether yeah. that is making downloadable content or additional content to things. You know, if, as the project starts winding down in certain aspects, there's ways that you can shuttle those people off without just laying off huge amounts of your workforce and then growing and contracting and growing and contracting 
throughout the dev cycle. Um, You have a lot of environments where, uh, you know, there's these devs that have been with the company for, for, Blizzard is actually the one thing I'll tout Blizzard for, because they're great with it, is taking these developers that have been projects for forever, right, and moving them off onto their own projects. Like, hey, we have this really cool idea. Okay, you know what? I hired three new developers on contract. I'll keep them on contract and give you six months in this kind of lull to kind of go work on that thing, right? And then when I get into crunch, I'm probably going to bring you back in and drive this work across the finish line. Right. And I know that's not easy, right? There's a, there's a learning curve to, okay, where are we at? Now I have to pick back up where I was at before. Um, but yeah, five zero says blizzard laugh out loud record year fired 200 people. Touche vibe. Touche. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this is, this is not a good year for blizzard, but, but, but none of them were devs. None of them were devs. They're all community people. Um, but uh, you know, that's, that's something where I think you can be more realistic and I think it'll provide you with a better opportunity to get new content out. I, I mean, I don't know. Fortnite was a game that was built by three developers while they were developing Paragon. They built a battle Royale and then someone said, well, that's really cool. And then they made it an actual full out game. Right. But it started with just an idea from three developers in Epic. Right. So there's, there's opportunity for that. If they just keep the people on now, I understand that it's really hard to say, eh, you know what? Um, you're an expensive experiment to have on, right? It, that, that sucks. But at the same point, as long as you're providing quality content, you should still be able to to, to back it up with some of the income and the revenue. So, Sure. So support devs. Try not to support crappy companies. But remember yeah. that the people that are working the 80-hour weeks are not the ones making the decisions. Uh, especially the ones making the decisions to go exclusive to the Epic Store. Screw you, Epic. Yes. All right. <laughs> Thank you, everybody in the Twitch chat. This has been actually a lot of fun. Uh, it's good getting that feedback. If you want to reach out to us, though, if you're listening to this not live, uh, what are the best ways to reach out to us, Jason? Yeah, buddy. All right, so we got a E-M-A-I-L or M-A-L-E. How do you spell it? I'm just kidding. We got an email address. Um, it is ggpodcast at trinitygamers.com. Um, you can certainly reach out that way. We will read your email on the air more than likely because we don't get very many of them, so that would be easier. Um, <laughs> Fortnite screwed itself over. Yes, it did, I swallow. Um, we also have a Twitter account. It's at ggpodcast1 on Twitter. Uh, we have a Fortnite group, which is a Fortnite group. We have a... Thanks for that, Wallow. I totally just said Fortnite group. We have a Facebook group which is uh, www.facebook.com forward slash GG podcast. I'm sorry, forward slash groups slash GG podcast. Um, and then we obviously have a Patreon out there. Um, so if you go out to patreon.com forward slash GG podcast, you can get in touch with us there as well and support all of our goofy antics that we have going on. Um, so I think that's all of them, but I was slightly distracted by all the people in Twitch. Um, obviously you can follow us on Twitch over here right now. This is my personal Twitch page. Um, I might just keep it that way cause I've had more followers today than I've had in like months. So, and we're, and we're going to get that. Jason maybe, uh, focusing less on Twitch in the future and more on the podcast. I refuse. Twitch is a great way to talk to people. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Have a fun gaming. Yes. GG everybody. Have a good night. GG buddy.